Lord, thank you for the signs and seals of the covenant of grace. Thank you for the baptism of William and Caleb and for the table of the Lord that we will soon enjoy together. Lord, you've called us and enabled us to live in covenant relationship with you, and we praise you and we love you. Lord, we do pray that our children would seek you with all their hearts, that they and all here would be growing in maturity in Christ all the days of their life and in their relationship with you, and that they would be diligent like Bereans in learning your word. And Lord, we pray that we would always honor you on the Lord's day and in in praying and believing your promises and that we would be faithful in fellowship and in loving one another as you've called us to do. Lord, we pray that our families would be grounded in the truth and would walk by faith, filled with your spirit so that we might be teachable and joyful, thankful and courageous, loving you and your promises and clinging to your promises. Lord, you've given us much, and we pray that we would become better stewards of the possessions that you have given us, of our spiritual gifts, of our time, and of our minds. Lord, make us a thankful people for your goodness and your abundant provision, and keep us from materialism and from the love of ease. Lord, make us people who rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is your will, we know, and thank you for revealing your will to us. Lord, we pray that Those uh, working would do so heartily as serving you, that they would be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, which is not in vain. Lord, I pray that they would have hope, even if their job is stressful and tough and discouraging sometimes. Lord, may they turn their hearts to you and work to please you and not men. Lord, we think of the ministries that we support and pray for. Think of Cornerstone Families and Dave Krogman. We think of the Elliott family in Utah and their church planting. And we think of Frontier Fellowship, Peter Hammond in Africa. Lord, we would pray that they would have adequate, more than adequate, abundant financial support. We pray that uh, many would pray for them and lift them up before your throne. And we pray that they would have an effective outreach in, in serving you and in preaching and living the gospel. Father, we pray for this congregation and these the families and individuals in it that we would be fruitful in our outreach and in communicating the good news, that we'd be bold in defending the faith and in proclaiming the truth of salvation in Christ alone. And Father, we pray that uh, the Jordan Cave family and the Hamiltons would uh, adjust well, their families would, that they would recover well, especially the moms physically. And we pray for uh, Scott and Cheryl as uh, they seek to uh, help their family. I pray that they would uh, seek and find wisdom from above in helping and in serving their family. And I pray that Gavin's illness would be uh, understood and uh, they could help that and uh, that it would be cured in your time and for your glory. Lord, protect and encourage Trevor so far away, and yet uh, he knows we love him and we're praying for him. Lord, pray for the Kruitzes as they're traveling around, that they'd have just great joy and peace as they travel and protection and that that they would meet with many people and be a blessing uh, to those uh, where they are staying. Lord, protect the marriages of this congregation. I pray that you'd give the husbands sacrificial hearts and a growing ability to teach and to lead and to serve their families. Lord, help the couples to be faithful to their promises and uh, humble in relating and encouraging uh, each other to grow in righteousness. And Father, we pray that we would be more consistently uh, living in the joy and the power of the resurrection 
And we ask all these things through the merits of the one who rose in victory over our sin, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. We're continuing our meditation on the fourth commandment. And I'm going to take two questions and answers today. So if you see that in your bulletin, the first question uh, we'll be looking briefly at. And both of these have to do with the day of the Sabbath. Uh, basically why we worship on this day. First of all, the first question, what is required in the fourth commandment? The fourth commandment requires the keeping holy to God such set times as he has appointed in his word, expressly one whole day in seven to be a holy Sabbath to himself. Second question, uh, which day of the seven has God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? Well, from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, God appointed the seventh day of the week to be the weekly Sabbath, and the first day of the week ever since, to continue to the end of the world, which is the Christian Sabbath. So first of all, it's commanded in the word that we we need to set aside one day out of seven as a Sabbath rest, uh, honoring the Lord, for the Lord, to the Lord. And then we see that the actual day of the Sabbath has changed after the resurrection of the Lord to the first day of the week, the beginning of the week, and not the seventh day. And I'm not going to say uh, much more about this. I mentioned a little bit about that last week. But uh, I did bring uh, a pamphlet that's very helpful. It's called Sunday as a First Day Sabbath. There are a few out there, and I brought a few more today. Phil uh, wrote this, and it's very helpful if you want to understand more about the Sabbath and the reason for a First Day Sabbath. It's it's, uh, excellent. So we see that the, the New Covenant, in the New Covenant, the Seventh Day Sabbath changed into the First Day Sabbath. Uh, just as the other signs of the covenant uh, changed. Circumcision changed into baptism, and the Passover changed into the Lord's Supper. And as I said last week, each Sunday, every Lord's Day when we gather, is a day to remember and rejoice in the resurrection of the Lord, and in the hope that we have in His resurrection. So this is a day of blessing, and uh, we should keep it holy to the Lord. But I would like to conclude on a little different uh, topic because I began the worship service today thinking about the promises of God. So I'd like to conclude uh, this meditation uh, by thinking of uh, a few promises as they relate to the Sabbath. And uh, there are promises, of course, for Sabbath uh, breaking, and they result in judgment. Uh, But I'm going to look in Jeremiah 17, if you'd like to look with me, uh, a few verses on Sabbath keeping and the blessings of keeping uh, those promises. And remembering them. Jeremiah 17, verses 24 through 26. This is the word of God. And it shall be, if you heed me carefully, says the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of the city on the Sabbath day. They were basically treating the Sabbath day as a regular day, a normal day uh, to work. And they were dishonoring God by uh, their attitudes and by their actions on the Sabbath day. But, uh, it, but it goes on, But hallow the Sabbath day to do no work in it. Then shall enter the gates, the, these are the promises, verses 25 and 26. Then shall enter the gates of this city kings and princes sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their princes, accompanied by the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And this city shall remain forever. And they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places around Jerusalem from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland, from the mountains and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, 
bringing sacrifices of praise to the house of the Lord. So we see the blessings of the promise of keeping the Sabbath. In verse 25, it's basically upon the whole nation. The whole nation is blessed. And then upon the kings and the princes. So the leaders are blessed. And then upon the men of Judah in general. And then it says upon the city. In fact, it says uh, the city will, be, uh, will remain forever. And then in verse 26, it goes on. The more promises of the blessings of keeping the Sabbath. Uh, basically on our outreach to other people. We will be blessed in uh, bringing people in from afar. And uh, the church will prosper. It says, uh, and there, I, I believe they'll be filled with people worshiping God rightly as he is commanded, obediently keeping the Sabbath rest. So brothers and sisters in Christ, let's rejoice in and look forward to the promised blessings of keeping the Sabbath day set apart for the living God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the precious and very great promises you gave, you have given, for those who keep your Sabbath commandment. Thank you for the covenant blessings which we are reminded of each Lord's Day and for the signs of the covenant and the seals, the the Sabbath day of rest and baptism and the Lord's Supper, all of which we can rejoice in this day. And we do rejoice in your goodness to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we praise you in his name. Amen.